This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. All right, we're back. This is Chris Saxon on the VIP podcast. That's Virginia in politics, but we also know it stands for very important people, don't we? And joining us today is another very important person on the VIP podcast, General Bob Wood. Welcome. Thank you very much, Chris. Glad Great to, to have be you here. here today on the VIP podcast, available to, uh, to you on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple. Please subscribe, like, and share. Uh, General Wood, tell me about this veterans group that you've put together over the last several years. Uh, it's called the Americans Veterans Vote. It is. It is. Tell us about that. Well, call me Bob, please. I. Uh, okay, that's not here. <laughs> it's hard to do for I, civilians. I have the same problem with sergeant majors. I always call them see, sergeant majors. See, you I defer know, to people you have great respect for and admiration, given their, their, well, their tenure and legacy. In, thank uh, you, Chris. In, in I, service as, as an army general. Well, I we started uh, just real quickly. Daniel Gade uh, served in a unit that I commanded in Korea. And when he ran for Senate, I had run a couple times in Alexandria oh. uh, for city council and enjoyed the experience. Um, I did, actually. I found it very constructive, useful, and I thought it's something that uh, any veteran would probably do because we're naturally problem solvers and there were things to be done. Uh, Daniel asked if I'd help him with the campaign. I said I'd love to um, and immediately fell in with about 40 other veterans who had done kind of in the same way. I want to come and help support this man. Uh, we didn't win, but we did the whole retail politics thing. And we realized that uh, this was something useful that we could do as, as a team. We liked each other's company. We said, let's, let's stay in business. So we got incorporated and began to work as American Veterans Vote. Interesting name because most of the political professionals, we were just veterans trying to do our best job. For right. in this case, Daniel, right. they said, well, veterans really don't vote. I mean, not as a block as such. We didn't like that, so we said American veterans vote. So, and veterans really don't. Well, not, in a, they're not in a block. Inclined. They're not inclined. I mean, when we're in the in the military, it's mission. It's what we woke. Well, you're up. also non-political. You're, you're not, not supposed to be involved in politics. Amen. It's someone else's job on policy and politics, both. But then you get out, you join your first company, and you know, start a family, get finished up school, and you look around. There's things to get changed. You need to get changed through a variety of ways. You work in the community or. You could be part of politics, or you can grow your business and change it yourself. And, and you start out in, in, in professionally in your career as a nonpartisan, completely American, completely American, uh, sworn oath to the Constitution, served to accomplish the mission. So you're not inclined when you get out, but suddenly you realize there's things to be done in your community. You can do it in a whole host of, of ways. I happened to try start this in, with the politics, but I met other people of similar minds who were veterans. Right. They said, well, what do we need to do? And we believe in change for the ballot box. And it was, it was frankly in January when we formed the 2021, which is January 6th had just occurred. And that was a motivating aspect for it, this organization. It was in a way that we looked at our veteran friends or whoever were involved in what was really, a, a, really quite an event, but we understood their frustration, but there's a constructive way to do it. And that's through the ballot box organized politically. So the, the, the leadership of this organization after January 6th said, this is not the right way to go about changing our country for the better. Is that fair? That's fair. In fact, we, we, in, we created our code of conduct. We have a code of conduct that describes 
what it is we expect, what it ex we do. And, well, and let's, let's talk about that because it came after January 6th, as you it know, it was a, a very historic day in America. Yeah. Um, well, and we weren't really focused. Historic day. We were focused on the frustration. Sure, sure. I get that. I get that. And we so, got it, too. And you go, we're not doing this correct. There's better ways to do it. Better ways to do it. And we fell through the ballot box and we created a code of conduct, which uh, talks about the service. It talks about dignity and respect. It talks about respect for our constitutional republic. And frankly, talks about not really damaging what veterans have fought for. Because, because if that brand had been ascribed to veterans on January 6th, that's a really bad brand for veterans writ large. Well, it absolutely is. It, it, it was, but again, it was, it was understanding what frustration they were facing, those sure, who were participating, sure. and what other outlet did they have. There's an outlet through pol politics, organized with, you know, there's 22 million veterans in the United States. Uh, there's about 760,000 in Virginia. And that doesn't count family members and beyond. So it's a powerful force who aren't inclined to be in the political space, not naturally. But in fact, with the power of their numbers can change things at the margin. We're not trying to be another VSO, another veteran service organization. Sure, sure. They do their job terrifically. American Legion, uh, uh, the uh, uh, variety, about there's about nine of them that are in the space. Uh, the VFW is another great entity. And we said, well, why don't we focus on what we're going to do? And that's take that experience first with what we did with Daniel Gade and say, let's broaden it. Let's, let's not so go away. So after January um, 6th, the organization formed, here's a candidate, Daniel Gade. Remarkable story, Daniel yeah. Gade. Yeah. Uh, significantly wounded yeah. in battle yeah. in Iraq. Um, you know, an amazing story to get behind. Sure. We, we, we want to get behind this as, as right. veterans supporting another veteran. Right. Um, but your issues are really not so much tailored to veteran issues. Well, we have three, three goals, Chris, three uh, really strategic goals, and that's support veterans and their families. We start okay. there. Okay. Uh, the second thing is defend the Constitution as written and amended. Uh, so it's, we all swore an oath to it. Things that, one thing that's common among all veterans, they These swore. natural outgrowths of their. Natural outgrowths. We all swore uh, you know, an oath to that Constitution. And the sure. third goal is to protect the nation at home and abroad. We did that in much of our service, uh, but at home as well, kind of rings true with the communities that we're in. So those three objectives are what motivate us. Support veterans and their families, defend the Constitution as written right. and amended, and protect the nation at home and abroad. Those three goals and the fact that what we're about is acting uh, constructively with a code of conduct that describes our actions. Right, right. That's how you join. You sign the code of conduct to join. No membership fee? Uh, no membership fee. I mean, you don't uh, accept their donations, of course. Yeah, we'll you accept them. To. You don't have Not to. Not a membership organization, uh, per se. Per se. Per se, in the way, as a, as a fee. Uh, but yes, we'll come out and ask you when we need some help, but uh, we don't start there. We start with the code of conduct, we start with our three goals. Uh, the objective is to get veterans involved in the political space in a constructive way. And we believe change happens through the ballot box. So, our really motivating motto is every veteran, every vote. Because the numbers are significant, particularly when you're bringing numbers to the margin of these very close elections we have so. in the state and in the nation, um, and and so we have uh, we're very data driven. Okay. Yeah. We tell, tell me about that. Well, data there, there's data that's available through public sources that are are in the voting files of uh, what the state board of elections can sure. provide or the federal election commission, um, and it describes kind of a voting pattern of those who choose to register and vote, vote regularly or maybe not. Maybe they're frustrated. Maybe right. they say, "What? Why well, vote?" It is so fundamentally important for veterans. They fought for that right, or right. they served to protect that right. That's what they swore an oath to. 
And, and so it's, it's naturally a subject they understand inherently. What we want to do is under, make them understand explicitly in their community what their choices are, who they can vote for, right. what their platforms are. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that are that have worked in the space to bundle money. We bundle votes. Okay. We go after the veteran vote to say, listen, here's what is important in the upcoming elections. Here's whatever we can educate, whatever we can inform. And there is a moment in time when we've interviewed candidates, we say these are the candidates we think are strongly behind our three objectives. Uh, one thing that's interesting about the veteran population, the demographics, because we have the data, uh, tell us they're about 55, 56 years old in Virginia. Okay, we, we so know, it's an aging population. It's an aging population. I hate popu- to say it because I'm 57, but go ahead, sorry. You're such a young man. But, <laughs> but the there you go. Uh, but the point is that it is a large population, as I mentioned the numbers, right. but it is an aging population. But by their very, frankly, nature, background, and just common experience, they understand the Constitution and what it means. Right. They served for it on whatever far district, uh, distant shore. Uh, they understand the, the life. I mean, veterans are a community that don't necessarily have the same experience, but started generally from the same ethos. Right. Uh, and so you can strike up a conversation. Are they, are they in, uh, in communities themselves as veterans? Because we've become a very divided, disintegrated uh, society. I, they don't, I mean, you have the VFW and the American Legion. You have the clubs. Does, and Does that go beyond that? It does. It does in, in common experience. Uh, you can start a conversation and know immediately what their background is. You know, were you a veteran? And you go, but right. they stay connected. They stay connected. My sense is no, long term. And, they, and they those don't. relationships they break They see down. themselves as husbands and wives sure. and professional business and those sorts of things. Uh, but they do come back together when they talk about voting. Okay. okay. Because so this, all, is, this is a community building aspect. To, it is. To absolutely organic. Uh, it's organic. And that's why our member growth is so exciting because right. it, it, we tell us. They're, they're veterans coming together to do what, in this case, commonly they can do in the political space for candidates or for causes. We, of course, have the policies that kind of derive downstream from what I described as our goals. We also, though, have, uh, uh, after doing this for three years now, we decided to break into regional groups. Okay. Because it's just a matter of uh, being able to be a touch point locally. All politics is local, so let's bring the organization from, you know, we Zoom call a lot. Thank God for Zoom. Uh, but that way we touch people all over the state and we can immediately organize and, and activate around a cause, a candidate, a policy position, whatever it may be. And because we're working with a code of conduct that is easily understood by veterans, generally not overly political or against a, a candidate, but really functionally helping our country and our country stay together, get back together and really go after things that are commonly, I think, common interest for veterans. Afghanistan was a heck of a motivator coming out of Afghanistan. The withdrawal. The withdrawal. It, it, we all felt the pain of that <clears throat> because we've been in a, a place where tough missions, of course, but where they don't do policy. They if you've do, deployed as a, as, a, as a member of the armed services, you felt that in your bones. We felt that. We felt that. And, and so, and it was all in that same time period. It was, it, very, it, was, it was a critical time. All in that same time period. So they're like, I have to do something. There's something, what is wrong? You know, we're, we're pulling apart as our communities get into various uh, squabbles or we, we're, we're, we're not speaking a language of teamwork, which is a common teamwork language is what veterans understand. They understand leadership, service, and teamwork. They just do. Leadership in, in, in the military every day is another day to either become the next grade right, or right. move into the next position. 
so they understand basic principles of leadership. When there's problems, the leader's there. When there's action that is need to take and send me. Mm -hmm. And it's not common, it's not 100%, but it's, it's enough in the bones that it's clearly understandable. So you can, get, you can get pretty close to the heart pretty quickly with other veterans in a common problem. Uh, they're problem solvers by nature. You'll find them in the community as coaches and working with the churches sure. and teachers and starting businesses. They have frustrations. We all do. Sure. Um, but you get a smile when you're next to another veteran. You really do. Well, it's it's, it's an amazing and, and uh, thank you to you and all the, the veterans for your service. Uh, I have a son-in-law, as we've mentioned before the show, was a sergeant in the Marine Corps. Um, deeply respect him. My father served in the Air Force in the early 60s. Um, it, it, it's woven in through just about every family in this country. It is. It's service to a higher calling, a, a higher good, you know, the Constitution. How do you, I mean, I know you all tend towards center-right mm -hmm. politics. Is that helpful to be to be uh, branded in a particular partisan lane when we have such a partisan divide in this country? Well, we, Does we, it alienate some members of the does. veteran community? I'm certain it does, but it's their choice. We we really don't say we're vet, uh, we're uh, Democrats or Republicans, we're veterans. Okay. That's who we are. We start from that common experience, realizing the value of teamwork, understanding the principles we fought and served for, uh, and frankly, comfortable speaking to other veterans about things that are important for veterans and their families, the Constitution that we swore to defend, and as well, how we protect the nation at home and abroad. Uh, you can't really get find too many police officers that haven't had an experience somewhere around in family or whatever. Uh, and and uh, Virginia, with 26 installations, or maybe 27, if you look at the, how you count them, there's a military community just around the block. So uh, Virginia's a great place, one with its amount of politics that are going on that you know so much about. <laughs> but every year there's another race. We, we're looking at what we're doing now in terms of as a three-year approach, because this year, 140 races in the state of Virginia. Mm -hmm. That's all of the House delegates and all of the senators. Next year, we've got a Senate race, a presidential race. That'll, no doubt, light the whole state up with all of the things that will go on. Mm -hmm. And the following then, it's, it's uh, Governor Yunkin and, and that suite of events and the House again. Mm -hmm. So there's always a political race in Virginia. And so our goal here in Virginia is to serve well, build our brand, understand what we're about and who we are in this political space. Again, we're, we, we don't come in as professional politicians at all, uh, but we do come in with a common ethos and an understanding of how we need to get change. And we say it's through the ballot box. So if you look three years out, this year with 140 races, we can touch a lot of different candidates, speak to a lot of different audiences, get veterans involved in what we're doing. It makes it great for a statewide race next year because we'll have this connected network, which right. we already have after three years, we'll have even more of. And then ultimately the following year is another state race, House and, oh, and, and the governor. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's it, punishing, you are, but we're yeah. not. Oh, I know, that's the whole thing. Is, yeah. And we're, we're so thrilled you, you decided to come on. The VIP podcast available on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple. Um, gotta get the plug in. You got that gotta right. Get the plug in. But because when I, I talk to a lot of people who are frustrated Yes. With the American political system, yeah. the binary construct, which has been studied uh, in, in the 2014 study, there was a, it's a, a process called motiva motivation, motive attribution asymmetry, where Americans have gotten so deeply divided in their trenches, our behaviors politically are similar to Palestinians and Israelis. That was almost 10 years ago, before mm -hmm. a very divisive candidate came down the escalator in New York City mm -hmm. and led the January 6th. I read your article. <laughs> good, good. 
good, available to you on Spot. No, it's not available on Spot where you get Apple. But thank you for reading that. But the depth of the division in the country is such that <clears throat> uh, we are seeing more acts of political violence. And I, and, I, and I caution a lot of my friends who are upset with what I said about, about politics. You have politics or you have violence. There really is no in-between. So constructive engagement in a political process, I think, is one of the healthiest things that veterans can do yeah. is, to, is to forestall what is seemingly a more divisive country. Yeah. And I'd speak to that aspect of being yeah. an American veteran who sees the, the, the broader world and goes, look, it's a very violent world out there. Because of our political system, we don't have this at home, and nor should we continue. I think there's something in between that politics and violence. It's frustration and indifference. That's what's in the middle. There's so many people that sit there frustrated, not understanding right. what can I do to make things change? And that's what veterans start from. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a get or done, get into it right now. Let me, let me work this problem. What do I need to do? So there's that frustration of what can I do? The indifference is it doesn't matter. It does matter, particularly, and I, we sell the point because we talk to veterans. We're, we're more likely to pick up the phone and call an Excel spreadsheet at veterans than the robocall because no one likes those things. But another veteran saying there is a way, the numbers say there's a way, and that's to vote as a, a group, if you will, and put that 1,000 or 2,000 votes at the margin of a close race, and, we, right. and, and it's very effective. And we've already seen it in three years of work. So that frustra frustration and indifference is likely a result of education and training, if you will, just understanding that the numbers are there for veterans to matter, matter in the votes that they cast and matter in Virginia in particular, because we have so many elections. Right. And we can see by the experience of uh, the last several cycles, how close the races are. You're certainly in the business of handicapping races and the knowledge that you have politically here in Virginia. From our perspective, we look at, okay, who's working in the same lanes as we are for veterans and their families, protecting the constitution and securing the nation. We look at that from a perspective, okay, how many veterans are in that precinct that haven't voted in the last election? We can find that out. Mm -hmm. And our regional teams can go out and touch them, call them, say, listen, it matters that if 300 veterans show up in a precinct where the swing is very, very close, even 100 in a precinct. We just saw that in the recent special election in Virginia Beach, 350 votes. 350 votes, and, and Kevin, uh, Kevin Adams, who was- A veteran himself. A veteran himself, he and his wife as well. Uh, it did, but it was a special election which had a very short cycle for education and training and understanding. And quite frankly, there was a huge number of absentee ballot uh, voters who had signed up as a permanent absentee, had the ballot mailed to them on the day one of the early voting for that early election. And they just said, I'll vote again for what I voted last time. And we saw that in the numbers from who voted for Jen Kagan's. Permanent absentee ballots. Permanent absentee ballots. Yeah. We, we saw what who voted for Jen Kagan's in the, the, her winning race. So you went into the data. Absolutely. Pulled it pulled back Pulled it down. all out, looked at it and said, this, oh, this is what we have to do. It came down to absentee ballots. Of course it did. And so that's why we've now this year become more regional in our approach, right. more organic at community level and, and looking at the uh, races that will particularly be determined by the absentee ballots. And our job from now, or really it was from January until the voting day, is to get into the communities and convince veterans that there's an inclination not to vote early. But frankly, it matters because there's so many things on day of voting that can prevent you from voting. So 
the numbers are so clear that early voting and absentee voting are moving the point of decision of elections. Mm -hmm. Oh, much earlier. Much earlier. Much so earlier. you may think you could do everything in the last six weeks like we used to with retail voting, get out the vote. And oh, get out the, debate. Get out the vote weekend. Before we, the weekend. Gone. It's, it's frankly, it's on. That's, that's August now. That's, well, it's early. <laughs> it's it, it's, it's very early. Uh, you know, early voting typically starts 23 September as it right. did last year. And uh, and meanwhile, on day one, if you're a permanent absentee registered, is per and it's so easy to do. Right, right, right. On 23 September, you get your ballot. <clears throat> it's already got because primaries are finished. Right. There's the candidates. If you know who you're going to vote for, just it's go a vote. yes no. Yeah. It's a yes no, and you're done. No one will bother you because it, that, is there a form you can fill out? Go online to, to, to fill out the absent the permanent absentee ballot. Absolutely, we have the uh, QR code that's on the literature that we put out in front okay. of people. Okay. Uh, we were just at some recent events, uh, political debates down in um, Stafford. We were at a gun show as well earlier than that. Uh, we go out where we know we'll find a lot of veterans, and we say, listen, this matters. Your numbers matter, and it matters in these races. Hit it with your phone, QR code, and suddenly you've got everything you need provided by the state to register permanently as, as a permanent absentee wow. voter. You can do it for annual if you sure, want, sure, sure. but why don't I do permanent? And on day one of early voting, that ballot gets mailed to you from the state that says, here's who's running. Your choice is clear. You can vote whoever you wish to vote for. It doesn't come in for a candidate. It comes in for you, the voter. And there's a lot of reasons, and it's 45 days before the race. Oh, I know. 45 days. It's early. So as, as you understand, there were a lot of bills that came through the recent uh, assembly, and we found that some won, some didn't, some passed, some didn't. But this will all sort itself at the state level. What's the right period of time? What's the right approach? But I'm telling you that what we saw in the Jen Kiggins race and the race that Kevin Adams ran, looking back at the absentee number that came in, it was almost exactly the same in the precincts that mm -hmm. Jen lost but won the election because mm -hmm. she was a, it was a congressional district. But Kevin's had a, Kevin had to fight through that number because it was an automatic bank of votes right, right, right. that was there. Right. And it's, it is so different because everyone thinks we're going to have a good weekend before voting day. Well, I think there's also been a problem in the uh, certain elements of the Republican Party in particular have, have, have said we're not, we're not going to honor mail-in ballots or absentee ballots because it threw off the election in 2020 per, no, I, I per, get, per I, their thinking and, and their experience. I don't it, think it's, it's accurate. It's their experience. But that's, but that's, the, that's, yeah. their, that's their thinking. So we have to convince them that the current play, the current game, which is all legal, which right. what the state is running well within the guidelines of the laws of the state, it, it, the game's changed. Right. And there, you know, if, if you're late, you lose. Uh, and that's what we're saying. I mean, you've got to get in it now. And so our job, regionally organized. Well, let's put it this way. I mean, I mean one would think that veterans, are, they're, you know, they're trained in the military to be on time. Yeah, they are. Well, that's they I, are. I, is it, I mean, is it part? I mean, I'm trying to. I'm, if I'm reading too much into this, just tell me to stop. No, it's, I. It's, I it's early. I've been reading all morning, but yeah. um, are they just not inclined as, as the rest of the population is not inclined, or just have gotten used to it? What's well, what's, no one's gotten used so to it's it. It's not. It's not a habit yet. It's not a habit, and it's something new. And there's a certain amount of uncertainty as to the um, the sanctity of that vote. And that's really hard to overcome. And I don't discount any other concerns. So they are worried about the integrity of the ballot? Absolutely, okay. they are. Absolutely. That comes up in conversation. It, it does come up in conversation. Okay. And so that's another place where veterans can be involved right. in terms of watching, you know, poll watching and helping in the local po political sphere. 
And it's so interesting. You'll see a crowd and you'll talk to people who are either at a cocktail party for a candidate or working as a team uh, around the political space. I say, how many are veterans? And they almost remind themselves, well, yeah, I did serve in the Air Force. I was in the Marine Corps. They are very humble about their service, aren't they? We all just were doing our part. duty, just right. doing our job. job. You know, it's, job. it's less about, you know, thank you for your service. I appreciate all that or welcome home for our vet, uh, sure. Vietnam veterans. But thanks for the ability to serve. Yeah. Uh, there's there's great uh, reward in that. And, and you know, the, the other thing veterans see right now is a country that's pulling apart, but also in a military that seems fractured. Uh, it's not getting its numbers in terms of recruiting. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's got a lot of missions on the horizon. Our National Guard in Virginia, for instance, has been extremely busy. They've been deployed of the really the largest numbers of deployment. They're most home now. Uh, God bless these citizen soldiers. I mean, they're doing things in the community, plus they're serving, plus oh, they're yeah. deploying. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of spouses and a lot of family members in general are worried about what's the next one. We've been through three. What's our next deployment? And, and that's wear and tear on the force who they're glad to do it. They just need a pretty clear path to understand what they're about, how they're going to come home and whether their jobs are when they return. It's, 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 it's and having been through that as a family mm -hmm. with a son-in-law who has deployed twice mm -hmm. in the Marines, now a sergeant, as I said. And I had a brother-in-law, have a brother-in-law, who was, uh, he's a Navy captain, retired Navy captain, mm -hmm. uh, flew, flew helos in, in Iraq, and then did uh, a lot of training mm -hmm. for the Navy, safety training, and mm -hmm. uh, kind of Corpus Christi and Sinatra, and those kind of things. You know, as a family, we recognize a different sacrifice and suffering, but there, is a, there seems to be a disconnect between the veteran and what I would imagine to be a natural next step is their immediate sphere of influence to get them involved as well. Is that part of your uh, planning well, as an organization? To if get I understand you, to get, get who? The family and the most, their most immediate. Uh, that's up to, that's up to, we, uh, we can speak the language of common deployments, common service, and even common military background. Right. We can speak that language, every family, enters that civilian life with its own aspirations, its education, schooling, the many moves that you mm -hmm. have in the family. Mm -hmm. um, I think we, we approach it simply with appreciation. Sure. Appreciation for the sacrifice and the service. Yeah. The funds and the wins and the losses. Uh, I, my family's moved 26 times, mm -hmm. uh, but that's not an unusual number when you look at serving 36 years. Um, but uh, we understand the service. I don't, think, I don't think most Americans quite understand how much goes into serving in the military. It's, I mean, there's a lot of great benefits. And I talk to my son-in-law about this a lot because he's married to my daughter and she's frankly expensive, you know? <laughs> so I try to upplay the, uh, the, the benefits, yeah. long-term benefits of serving in the military yeah. and being quite young because they don't look at it like, you know, oh, in 20 years I'll be 45 and have a great career ahead of me at the age of 45 yeah. because it, it's, it's a lot. It is. A it's a lot. And then the movement is part of that and that's sacrifice. And that, that has to cause disconnects within the, the, the communities themselves. Well, they're constantly do. not yeah. really forming relationships. The military is, is a lot about transitions between where you live, mm -hmm. the schools you're in, mm -hmm. the next job you take, right. the next posting you deploy to. There's a lot of transition. It has a lot of, and, and when you say, how can we help the veterans? Understand they do have an enormous number of transitions. Bringing a family to a new school. My children were in six different schools. Mm -hmm. And that's a low number compared to uh, others. Uh, but transitions are always underway. You're thinking about where you are and where you're going next. Right. What grade you're in and what grade you might be moving to. 
is your job going to change out from under you as the military goes through its many organizational changes? Right. So the transitions cause a certain amount, just internal stress. Now what on the horizon is, you know, which conflict, which deployment, how long will I go? What will I do when I get there? And, but from the moment they're in the military, they're in an organization organically and through the leadership channel and the chain of command, frankly, you're well-informed generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you understand, by the way, they have a meter that immediately understands someone who's not really leveling with them. Right, right, right. Uh, but it's, it, we all have that experience. So we can say, how many times were you there or where were you here? Sure, sure. And, and all of that is a common life in the military. You're out now, you're in a new community, you have a new school, you're in the new business, you're two or three job changes along. You know, how do I sort out this fractious world that we live in in our communities? And we see it getting more so. We come right at them and say, listen, your vote matters. As a, as a block of votes, you can change and change things through the ballot box. Nothing is dishonorable in doing any of that. Absolutely not. So join us. So in the, and when you organize these uh, veterans around the state and eventually mm-hmm. the country, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine because of all the transitions that occur in their life, they're used to that that movement mentality and not necessarily yeah. adhering and feeling a part of a community until they stay for a while. And being that's right. And so and then, so, so they don't know where the district's lines are, who's my representative. Oh, so much so. So, so, much. so how do you walk them through that process to well, get them involved? Education, this regional teams is to introduce. We have a lot of uh, candidates who want to speak to the groups of veterans that we can rally. So I think it's introduction to the candidates. Right being a common point of uh, information for uh, veterans who want to know more about how to be involved and wh- who are the candidates in this race. Uh, all of that we're building in, in, we're a 501c4. We'd love to be a C3 as well, where okay. we can build that background sure, of sure. political knowledge. Uh, but it's step, step at a time. The crawl, walk, run, run methodology of the military, you know, crawl, walk, run. Uh, we're at a slight canter right now. We haven't, you know, okay. we're, 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 in, we're in the walk and growing. And so candidates coming and looking to us so they can introduce, we can help introduce them to veteran issues and to veterans. Right. And then veterans understanding who's running, not, not just in the national or the, or the state level races, but now the school boards, uh, who, who what, what they're doing, now the board of supervisors. So you're getting them involved in all yes. aspects. Yes, absolutely. We say you know, we are anxious to get veterans to vote, volunteer, and run. Okay, you want them to be uh, candidates as well. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. When you look at the number of candidate training, you try. We to We don't in... do that. Okay. There are there are other organizations that do that and do it well. There's state level for veterans. For veterans. Okay. So the resources are there for veterans. The resources that are there. So without trying to be all things to all people and boil the ocean, we want to make sure we're talking to veterans who are frustrated or or indifferent, and haven't voted regularly. We want to talk to them about why it's important. Because those who are voting are pretty solid. Sure. Those who are not are pretty uh, uh, frustrated. Well, they care about the country. They signed an oath. They, they, they went do. out and did it. And, and the very simple act of voting seems to be so singular and personal, and it is. But they still don't. They still don't. Not, well, 40%. A lot of them don't. 40%. 40% uh, and, but we got... In, 40% in, don't vote or are low Do not vote. Do not have not. Well, have not. But we find it race by race is different. Sure, you have sure. a national race, a statewide, or sure. a local. And when we looked at the, for instance, the numbers with the, the statewide with Governor Yunkin and Jason Muniz and, and Winsome Sears who won, uh, and then the House delegates as well, that year it was a, it was about forty percent had not voted or weren't voting, uh, so it was about it was about fifty six percent voter participation until we got involved with our door knocking and our phone calling and our digital media. So we're very proud of 
turning out 67 oh, uh, percent okay. in in the in that that year's race and you look at the the, the total in the statewide was 55 percent so 67 veterans 55 percent uh, everyone else that's 12 percent is against but how, how do veterans vote on the uh, partisan scale? Do they lean a particular way? Have well, there's generally center-right, but it's more demographic, Chris. Okay, it is more demographic. It, it's, it's by demographic. Uh, and, and our younger voters certainly have their own choices to make. Sure. Uh, they may be more... But by and large, you just want them involved in political process. We want them in, involved in voting. Right. We want to see... We'd like to have 67% be every veteran, every vote. Every veteran... You fought for this. You understand the importance of it. Right. You served away from home or in at home, uh, and it's no harder than voting. You can become active as active as you wish. You can be become partisan as partisan as you sure, might sure. wish. You can be a, involved as a candidate in particular and get your hands on the levers that are changing our community and policies. Uh, so, and it's, and it's largely just not being aware. Yes. It's not being aware, not even knowing where to look for it, because in our normal military life, you're in that, you but know. Now you got a QR code, you can get the ballot sent to you, boom. Uh, boom, you're done. So where do people go to sign up to be a part of uh, your organization? Well, we have a website, American, AmericanVeteransVote.com. Okay, American AmericanVeteransVote.com. It's a statement of fact. Right. American veterans right. do vote. Okay. It's a call to action. Right. Um, put a comma in there, American Veterans, comma, vote. Uh, and it's a bit of a warning because there's a lot of veterans who have a lot of concerns about things that they like or don't like in their community. They right. see it personally, they see it in perspective of years of living and, and years of service. And American Veterans Vote, I think, is a block of votes that people need to go for. Well, I think a lot of people want to support veterans anyway. To begin with. And so having your voice out there is saying this is important to veterans. Yes. And not necessarily being about, because uh, one of my daughter's uh, clients up in Washington, D.C. is Wounded Warriors Project. And they yeah. do great work for veterans. They do. Um, but not all people associate with veterans as needing that particular serve. There's a lot of services that aren't aware, uh, that people aren't aware of what veterans need or what they really want. Yeah. And not necessarily for their own self, but what they want for the country. They're, they're consumers like any others. They are concerned about inflation. They are likely on their fifth or sixth school for their kids. So education Very is important. key. Huge. Training and transitions. I, I need to find a new degree, find a new job, uh, get or get credit for what I've done in the military. Back to those transitions. Right. If you're thinking about veterans and understanding where they are with their families and their concerns, make the transitions easier, not harder. Right. But, but I think that the, the centrality of what you're trying to do is get them to continue their service to the country yes. in a political context. And I think a lot of Americans want to support, because we always say, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. At my daughter's wedding, the Marines were taking bets. Marines who were in the wedding or they're attending were taking bets. How many times people would at the wedding would say to them, "Thank you for your service," and they would see it as sort of something to joke about. Or and and I know they're pushing it away, yeah. But for us, for civilians, it's really important that we say because it, 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 we attach to it like we really mean it. And so when to hear veterans say that we're not just about these particular issues that are close to us financially yeah. or you know you know. Uh, on, a, on a personal level, but they care about the country and the Constitution oh. and oh. defending our interests abroad. We definitely those do. we also want to attach to. Yes, absolutely. The as a Vietnam era uh, graduated West Point '72, the whole '60s was my brother and my dad were sure, in sure. Vietnam. Um, seeing my brother return from Vietnam in 1971, uh, and all of that, is, I was living in Alexandria as a kid, and I went to West Point from there. 
it is so heartening to see people say, thank you for your service, for the appreciation. It's not something that's sought, it's something appreciated. Uh, and to see it with perspective, like all of that, which was very real, that rejection. Yeah, yeah. especially in the early 70s, uh, brutal time. It was, and, uh, and so it's terrific. Uh, but two Vietnam veterans, welcome home is better. Because that Absolutely. wasn't it wasn't a great welcome. Let me no, just no, tell no, you. No, no, no. But to have that attachment to what you all believe and and we're trained to look. We care about the Constitution. We are sworn to defend the yeah. Constitution, enemies home and abroad, right? Mm -hmm. And to have that as that noble, I don't want to call it a gesture, but reality is something the civilians also want to attach themselves to. So I, I think your your organization has incredible pull mm -hmm. uh, to get people to think not just about veterans issues specifically, but also about certain. Like that. American issues writ large. And I, and I well, thank Chris, you. that's why this code of conduct, you know, there's something that says, I will never forget the uh, sacrifices of those who came before me. I will never do anything to bring dishonor to them, my fellow veterans, or their service to the nation. Because it is felt, it is heartfelt. Mm -hmm. We realize a lot of people sacrificed to put us on, on, a, on whatever pedestal you choose to not be on or be on. And it's important we understand that sacrifice. So, this code of conduct is where it starts. We say the voter, though, is a source of our strength, the reason for our, our existence, and the, the judge of our success, the voter. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a slight turn from the way mission is. Mission is success. Right, right. Su succeed with the mission. Now you're a voter. It's the voter who's going to make the decision about how well we, American veterans, vote. This organization is doing its job. And so there are very important things that uh, this helps us center on. Lastly, I want to focus on this veterans' mental mental health. I think this yeah. is a way to help uh, give them purpose and meaning in life as well, to be constructively engaged in our political process. Real quick, we're going to do what we call rapid fire. Good. Uh, no pun intended. I got it. Favorite book? Oh, it's called uh, Last Hill. Okay. Uh, I just read it. It's about the uh, Second Ranger Battalion, which I was helped reform after it had been after Vietnam. And it's all about their fight uh, in World War II and, they, and their final success in uh, the Hurricane Forest on the last hill. Uh, it's a wonderful book. Okay. Uh, favorite movie? Forrest Gump. Really? Oh, it is. I think a Vietnam guy, like, you know, era like this. Sure, sure. Well, it took a storyline and carried it all the way through from, you know, everything that Forrest did to ultimately, uh, uh, I don't know, the emotional end of that movie. No, I loved it. Favorite TV show? Uh, I, I actually like, uh, I, I don't look a lot of series and things like that. I watch Fox once in a while. I actually like a good doctor, if you can believe it. It's, no, I think it, that's it, why you'd be surprised when I get people yeah. uh, in, in the seat and they go, what's your favorite? And it's like, you're like, what? How'd yeah. you get there? And it's yeah. like one, uh, this delegate from Shenandoah Valley, it's, what was your favorite TV show going up? She goes, oh, Love Boat. I'm like, didn't see that coming. No, yeah. no, I, the good doctor, it's, uh, it, it tells a good story. It's pretty human. Sources of information, where do you get your news? Well, I read the Wall Street Journal, Okay. Uh, page, uh, page to page, the whole thing, every day. Uh, I balance that with a, a, pretty, a pretty broad look at what I watch on TV. Okay. Uh, and then I check signals with my wife, keeps me straight. Nice, nice. Uh, lastly, favorite sport teams? Uh, I, loved, I loved the Nationals. Okay, uh, you're I, a Nats fan. I am a Nats fan. Um, and... I, I spend some time in Massachusetts, so I, I was a Patriot fan, and that's sad. I had to be. Well, you chose. I'll, well, in the end, you choose. To I choose. <laughs> no, I like the Nats a lot. Well, that's great, General Bob Wood, American 
Veterans Vote. I want to get that right. American Veterans Vote. Vote. AmericanVeteransVote.com. That's where Sign you're up. Going. Get involved if you're a veteran. If you're not a veteran and you just want to support them, give them a thumbs up when you see them on the street and tell them thank you for your service. We do say veteran supporters. They're more than welcome. Okay, so they can join too? It's veterans and veteran supporters. Oh, there we go. Veteran supporters. Veterans and veteran supporters. Even better. Yeah. Back to what you were saying about that feel of the American people towards their veterans. That's a great way to do it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the VIP podcast, available on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple. Please subscribe, like, and share, and join us next time. Thank you.